give up my Atari? My television? How about for this? You bet your asteroids. Presenting the revolutionary Vectrex arcade system. Discover how Vectrex brings real arcade play home. Fantastic! Ordinary home video games can't match the laser-sharp visual effects of Vectrex. Alright, welcome to Vectrex Radio. How's it going, Willie? That's going really well. So, uh, what have you been picking up lately in the retro gaming market? Well... Not gonna whole lot. Uh, I did get some more Microvision games, so I pretty much I've got a complete collection of Microvision games now. Oh, nice! So I finished that off. How many uh, games do you have then? Twelve. Twelve came out for the Microvision. Very cool. Twelve games. So I've got them all now. So I'm pretty happy about that. I just recently got a hold of that combination cartridge. The Mario All-Stars and the Super Mario World combination cartridges for my Super Nintendo. Wow, very cool. Yeah, I've been wanting to get Super Mario World, but I've not really seen it at a good price. And then this cartridge appeared in that retro jump box I did. It came back. I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> very nice. Free. It's like Best good, price of all. Yeah, it's a good twofer right there. See, so what else I get? Uh, retro game-wise. Uh, I did get... I don't know if I talked about the Frisky Tom last time. I think that was before. Yeah, have you played it yet? The Frisky Tom VFD game. Yes, it is freaking awesome. <laughs> that is a fun game. It would be really cool to find those GCE watches, but they're so expensive on eBay. You know, I've never seen one of those out in the wild. Never. Yeah, yeah. Well, they command like four or $500 price range, yeah. so you're not going to see those in your typical game store. Well, I look at flea markets, thrift stores, because they have watches and stuff in there. Mm. I keep hoping I'll find one. <laughs> Especially one of those Nelsonic Pac-Man watches. Oh, yeah. I had one of those when I was a kid. Loved that watch. Oh, I picked up a Stewie pinball tabletop. Oh, nice. Looks like the Coleco tabletops, but it's a pinball game. It's not VFD, it's LCD, though. But it is color? No, no. Black and white? It's black and white with a color a color uh, background. Oh, right. Yes. It's okay. It's not too bad. I haven't uh, picked up any retro games lately. I have been going to flea markets. Uh, my sister did pick up an NES because she had a clone system. It was one of those Retron 3s, I think. Yeah. But it only lasted for a month and then broke. Uh, I could have told you that. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, why don't you get that NES that's at the local flea market? So we went, and sure enough, it was still there, even after like three months of it sitting there. And so she picked up an NES uh, for the princely sum of 50 bucks. That's not bad for original. Not a bad price these days. Not bad at all. And I got you, I sent you that new in connector in case you ever need it. Oh, yeah. Cartridge connector. Very sweet. And I haven't uh, picked up too many games lately, um, except for the stuff that you've been sending me, which is a lot of really cool VFDs. Uh, you just sent me the Frogger recently, which is cool. And, of course, I did pick up that awesome C64 TV plug-and-play that you picked up for me. Oh, yeah, that thing's awesome. Which so plays lots of fun C64 games on your TV. Really hard to find little plug-and-play. It's uh, one of the best plug-and-plays, I think. Yeah, it looks like a little Competition Pro joystick. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's very responsive. A lot of good games on there, too. 
And I've been watching that uh, new uh, series on Netflix called Stranger Things, which has made me uh, go eBay hunting a lot lately. <laughs> I binge watched that yesterday. Yeah, I watched all eight episodes within like two days and spent all my time on eBay looking at cool 80s stuff and even picked up a couple of old Walkmans, which should be <laughs> winging their way to me eventually. Well, not real Sony ones. One Sanyo, one GE, and I actually found a really weird-looking one on Amazon called Broke Sonic, which what? looks really ridiculous, but it was only like 15 bucks plus 5 bucks shipping, and it's allegedly brand new. Broke but Sonic? Yeah, it's a weird Korean company that made uh, Walkman-style players. But the funny thing is it even has an aerial antenna on it, speakers uh. on the back. It looks like a little mini boombox. <laughs> <laughs> and allegedly it records on tape as well, but from the reviews they said it plays cassettes all right, but it doesn't record very well. It kind of looks like, uh, it looks really cool. I think it probably will suck um, and probably sound horrible. But it looks really cool, and I couldn't pass it up for how cool it looks. Even if it just sits on the shelf, I think it looks cool. All right, let's get into uh, our games. This time we're going to be talking about Polar Rescue and Pole Position. Let's start off with Polar Rescue. Journey to the icy waters beneath the North Pole. As commander of a powerful and highly maneuverable submarine, you must rescue the survivors of an ill-fated expedition. Seek out the survivors on your sonar screen and pilot your sub to their rescue. To complete your mission, you must avoid deadly minefields, enemy submarines, and the terror of the maelstrom. Monitor your oxygen supply carefully and hurry! Lives are at stake! Oh no! Oh no! And uh, what's the overlay like? Well, the overlay is a, a blue overlay, kind of like Mindstorm. It says the name of the game at the bottom. Shows what the, key, the buttons do, you know, pause, reverse thrust, forward thrust, torpedo fire. Just a really basic overlay. Okay. Probably not necessary for the gameplay. Uh, no. No. Well, let's go on to the controls. Uh, you push up on the joystick to surface your sub. Push down, of course, to dive. And left and right to go left and right. Pretty simple. Okay, button one pauses the game. Button two engages your reverse thrust. Button 3 engages your forward thrust, and button 4 fires. In scoring, you get 5,000 points for docking with the survivor pod, 1,000 points for destroying an enemy sub, 750 points for hitting an enemy torpedo, 500 points for taking out a mine, and 275 points for those annoying chunks of ice. That look like asteroids. Yeah, they do. Like little asteroids underwater. So let's talk about the gameplay. Of course, you're on a search and rescue mission, but uh, in order to survive, you got to take on these hazards, such as icebergs or ice chunks, mines, underwater whirlwinds, and deadly enemy submarines. kind of seems like uh, an underwater Star Trek to me, but uh, less fun, of course. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Now, the sounds in the game, I think, are really awesome. This is the, the, the only thing that saves this game... For me, that the only thing I really enjoyed were the sounds. I really like the sonar ping sounds, especially. Yes, yes, I like the sonar ping. Let's talk about the graphics. So there's a lot of cool things drawn on the uh, vector graphics. We've got the enemy ships, the mines, the torpedoes, 
the ice chunks. Looks pretty good for a vector graphics game. Yeah, what I liked about the graphics was the actual sonar screen itself. As the as the uh, radar would sweep around, it would highlight something. You hear the ping when it highlight, and then it would slowly fade off, fade away, just like a real radar scope. Yeah. I thought that was an awesome effect. I also like the uh, how the enemy subs were kind of kind of animated. You can actually see them do like a quarter turn, and then you go to the side view, and then a, another quarter turn going backwards, and then behind. So you can actually see them turning a little bit, and you can mm-hmm. chase them. I thought that was pretty neat. One thing I didn't like is that half the time you try to destroy the subs and you think you've got it killed before it fires even one shot and you blow up as well. Uh, yeah, I, I did notice that. <laughs> that happened to me quite a bit. And I also learned very quickly not to get crazy with the fire buttons. You've only got so many torpedoes you can shoot until you destroy an enemy sub and you get more. I did discover that early on. I shot all my torpedoes off. I'm like, wait a minute. I can't shoot anymore. Ah! <laughs> All right, let's give our uh, review on the game. I think it's an impressive programming experiment that, uh, at the end of the day, isn't really that much fun to actually play. Uh, I think the game looks pretty good, has some great sound effects, although some of them seem to be rehashes from other games like Starhawk and Star Trek. Um, But the sonar ping sound is really cool. Where I find it lacking, however, is in the, the gameplay it's just uh, just seems like you're running around in circles shooting at uh, submarines, and it doesn't seem to be all that fun to me. Um, I think it's a game that you should play once or twice, but it does feel a little too repetitive and a bit boring to have any kind of long-lasting replayability. What do you think about it, Willie? Yeah, I agree with all that. Uh, I can see why they probably put an oxygen meter on here so it'll just kill you so you don't die of boredom. Yeah, try playing the game while holding your breath at the same time. Yes. So let's talk about the prices. The uh, seems like the average going rate for this cart is around eighty dollars just for the cart on eBay, with nothing else. About one hundred and ten bucks for one with an overlay, and if you want the complete everything, we're talking around three hundred dollars. The going rate, which yikes, that's expensive. Wow. I don't think this game is worth that. No. No. <laughs> I think uh, it's it's a matter of because it's rare, it only came out in the U.S. That that's the reason why it commands such a high price because it's just hard to find. I would advise you to do what we did and play it on a multi cart. Yep, get a multi cart, either the Sean Kelly one or that SD base card one. Which my Polar Rescue and my SD card based one didn't work. It kept crashing every time it launched. I had, really? I had, a, I had to plug in my Sean Kelly cart. Any final thoughts for Polar Rescue, Willie? Fun to play in a short burst. Otherwise, no. It's a fun little game at first. You should definitely try it once or twice. But unless you're a heavy-duty collector, I have no recommendation for spending all that money on the cart. No. All right, so let's talk about Pole Position. The spectacular arcade game, Pole Position, takes on an exciting new look through the magic of Vetrix. Experience all the challenge of a Grand Prix racing event with non-stop action that'll leave you breathless. Do you possess the skill, dexterity, and courage to pull out from the crowd for qualification in one of the exclusive starting positions? Or you end up as an also-ran? So tell us about the overlay for Pole Position. 
The overlay for pole position is a gradient color overlay. Whereas the top is blue, then it kind of goes to green, and then it goes to like a yellowish kind of color towards the bottom. So it looks pretty cool with the gradient colors, but uh, do you, would you consider it necessary for the gameplay? No, no. It looks just as good with just a straight, straight blue overlay or just blank. Let's talk about the controls. Use uh, the joystick, of course, for steering your car on the racetrack. Button number one puts you into first gear. Button number two gets you into second gear. And uh, either of buttons three and four are used to accelerate. Let's talk about scoring. You get 12,000 points for each lap you complete, 4,000 for being in first after the first lap, 2,000 for being in second, 1,000 for being in third, and 500 points for being in fourth place. You get 200 points for each second remaining on the clock after completing all four laps. So let's talk a bit about uh, the gameplay. It's basically just pole position on the Vectrex. Um, it's a classic racing game from uh, Namco and Atari uh, brought home to the Vectrex. Well, one of the things I noticed with the gameplay, it doesn't use the analog part of the stick at all. Yeah. It's basically in the center, you just go straight, you go left and right. As soon as you let go, it goes back straight again. It's not like on Hyper Chase where you have to actually mm -hmm. control the position of the car. Yeah, it would, have been, it would have been cool if they would have uh, made it possible to use the analog joystick. Yeah, and I also noticed that when I'm in high gear and I'm running around the track, you, can't, you don't slide like you do in the arcade game or other ports of the game. So it's not, it's not too hard to actually do, dodge in and out of the cars in high gear on a curve. Mm. I did notice that when I was playing it. And uh, I've played this game with the driving controller, and it works pretty well. You have to, of course, have your regular joystick controller next to you to uh, push the gear buttons and accelerate. But uh, as for controlling the car with one hand and then doing the other buttons with your other hand, uh, it works out pretty well. well. There was also a special controller that came out for this and a few other games called the Overdrive Controller by Fury, which... Uh, don't have one of those, but I would love to have one. It looks pretty cool. Well, you do like I did, you know, just put your second control on the floor and use your toes. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but uh, somebody also modified uh, a paddle controller uh, by putting a few buttons on it so that you could use it with this game and a few others, um, which uh, works out pretty well from the YouTube videos I saw. It looks like you can control the entire game with just a paddle controller if you uh, modify it. Oh, is this one where you have to put a uh, switch on one side for shifting up and down and yep. use the red button for your accelerator? Yeah. That is kind of cool. So with just the regular joystick, it's still a fun game. But uh, if you're lucky enough to have a even just a driving controller, plug that into port number two, and uh, it seems to control a little bit better. I, I seem to have gotten uh, further in the game using that. Uh, finish more laps that way. Oh, <laughs> All right, let's talk about the graphics. Um, pole Position, of course, is a raster game. So uh, you might wonder, how does it look as a vector graphics-style game? I think it looks pretty good. Um, it's pretty much almost everything that you really need in the game is there. I do miss, of course, the cool signs uh, that are not in this game, but are in the original ones. 
like the Atari version, for example, that shows like advertisements for Atari games, and the Namco version, which of course shows advertisements for other Namco games. That's sadly missing from this. There's just weird symbols and stuff on the side of the road. No, uh, no uh, advertisements for the signs. Well, I do like how they got the little lines on the back side of the tires on the yeah. car. Big look, they're spinning, and I like yeah. how the car is drawn. At a 45-degree angle as you steer right and left. That's a neat-looking little graphic. So let's talk a bit about the sound. Uh, sounds pretty good. You know, It sounds uh, like an authentic racing game. It has all the uh, sounds you'd expect to hear in a vector racing game. All right, let's give a little review about, uh, about the game. I think the game is pretty cool, um, considering it's one of only two racing games for the Vectrex. It's definitely a must-have. It plays all right with the standard joystick, but uh, of course it's more fun if you get like the overdrive controller from Fury or a modified paddle or even just driving controller on one hand and your other controller sitting on the desk for the other functions, the gears and accelerator. Um, yeah, it's pole position. It feels like pole position. I don't feel like I'm being jilted. I'm getting a weaker version of pole position. The track is different, which is interesting. It's, it's not terrible. It's just different. So uh, it's still an enjoyable race. It's a lot of fun. And if you like pole position in any of the other ports or the arcade version, I think you'll like the Vectrex version. What do you think, Willie? Yeah, I, I really enjoy the Vectrex version. It's not a bad version of pole position. Some of the gripes I do have with it is trying to shift up and down you know, yeah. the spacing of the buttons to do that. You either take your finger off the joystick to go over to number one to shift down, or you're stretching your thumb way over to, to downshift when you want to. But again, there's not a whole lot of need to downshift because the, the car doesn't slide around corners. Yeah. So you can just basically put it in a high gear and just keep the button held. And if you're really good at dodging, you can progress through the game quite well. I, I do like when you do an actual race... How it has the starting grid. I, I like that. One of the things that's always confused me with pole position, not only on the Vectrex, but on all versions, is when you first start out on the starting grid and you take off and you're racing, how do these other guys get in front of you so fast? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're out in front and then there's a car to pass. Wait a minute, they're all behind me. <laughs> yes, it is definitely a challenging racing game on any system. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a definite pickup for the Vectrex. If you want a complete copy or a loose copy, it's it's good. So it looks like anywhere from 18 to $70. There's a complete box one for 76 So not too bad. No, it's not too also, bad. Not too bad at also, all. Also, of course, uh, pick it up on a multi-card like we have. Yes. That's the best way to experience the Vectrex is just get one multi-card, leave it plugged into the side, and just have the whole library at your fingertips. Oh, yeah. Saves a lot of space, too. And a lot of money. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a lot, especially for some of these more rare cartridges. And uh, there was a 3D version of Pole Position Plan, but it was never actually released, sadly. Oh, that would have been incredible. Yeah. 3D with the Vectrex Imager on. Oh. That would have been so cool. I want a 3D Imager so bad. Well, we should go into the news, then, and tell you that you can now own a 3D Imager. Let's talk about some news. We have one news item, and that is that Madtronics is releasing another batch of Vectrex 3D imagers for this year. 
awesome. Yeah, they're about 89 euros or $100, and you can get yours by sending him an email from his site, madtronics.com slash en slash news slash items slash 2016-imagers.html. Awesome. There we go. Go over there and order yourself a Vectrex 3D imager if you got 100 bucks. And I do have 100 bucks, and I'm going to go order one. He, uh, he made a small batch. He doesn't say how many you made, so uh, you might want to get them right now before it's too late. That's right. All right. Very short news segment, so let's head on to It Came From eBay. Hey. Oh, we got a Sean Kelly multi-cart uh, for 50 bucks. Buy it now. Really? Yeah. Oh, dude, you ought to pick that up. $4 standard shipping from Harwood Heights, Illinois. That's Sean selling Seller himself. Is Sean Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Sean Kelly himself selling it. Yeah, you ought to get it. Problem is, I already got a multi cart that has quite a few games on it. Oh, okay. Never mind. Don't get it. If it were the SD based one, I would. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a great price. They normally go for like 100 120 Not by him, by people, yeah. by, by the people who buy them and resell them. Ooh, we got a Vectrex Protector Yassi cartridge with overlay complete in box for 150 bucks. Ooh. That's a bit pricey. <laughs> here's a here's a Vectrex system for $169, free shipping, but the controller doesn't do anything. Mm. It's just as is for parts repair. Yep. Controller don't work. System works, controller does nothing. Still, if you got a controller, yeah. it's worth it. It's worth it, yeah. And it could be something simple with the controller, too. Take it apart and fix yeah. it. It says the system turns on the Mindstorm game seems to work, but the controller does not work. Thank he knows the screen has a small white dot in the center. Sound works great. Volume is loud, and there is a hum that all Vectrix seems to have. You know, that's just probably uh, just need to turn the brightness down a bit. Because mine had a white dot just like that, and I turned the brightness down just one little hair, and it went away. Huh. They all have that if you turn the brightness too bright. Got a guy here selling a Vector Pilot for $225, wow. which you can still order from that website yeah. for like at least you 50 could. bucks or something. Yeah, at least you could recently. That's true. We got Spike for 60 bucks. Buy it now. Complete in box. Well, complete in box light pin, 350 Wow. Wow. We got a uh, uh, Vectrex with five game cards for 450 bucks. We got the All Good Things uh, four games Vectrex arcade system with the box for 150 bucks. John Donzilla. There's a Polar Rescue. Buy it now for 275 dollars and 82 cents. <laughs> and that's just a cartridge only. Yep, just card only. Holy moly! There's a Vectrex. Uh, buy it now for 250. Oh, the Vectrex so domain is still up for sale. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. $30,000? No, 3405 now. It says uh, this Vectrex was in good shape and works great. And it is shown in the picture as being turned on. So if you want a Vectrex for 250 there's one on there for a buy it now. Yeah, the Vectrex has definitely went up in price. Wow, here's just a, a boxed Vectrex controller, $115. Wow. Oh, we got a bidding war on a Vectrex here. Uh, three people have bid so far. It's up to 183.50 with seven hours and 26 minutes left. As of when we're recording this, it says the item is in working condition and a great find. Thanks for looking. The seller uh, has quite a few sales and a high uh, positive feedback, and it shows a picture of it working. So, 
Although looking at the controller, the, it looks like someone has obviously repaired the controller because the uh, the label has uh, been put back on and it looks bent and oh yeah out of shape. Yeah, those labels are are a pain to take off and put back on. There's a lot of Vectrex stuff on eBay this time around. Yeah, there's quite a few. Here's a Vectrex tested one controller, Mindstorm in good condition for uh, forty six dollars. Two days left. There's already twelve bids on it. Wow. Here's a Mate OS Vectrex developer kit for fifty bucks. Ooh. Fortress of Narazad overlay for fifty bucks by now. Oh, those are nice. Vetrix cartridge in label set, European version. Put in labels on your Vetrix cartridges. That that's pretty cool. Looks pretty nice. Oh, cool. An orange translucent game cartridge cart shell. <laughs> that is awesome. That's a really cool looking orange. That'd be cool for a homebrew. Oh, there's a teal one too. That'd be cool for a multi cart or something. There's a broken Vectrex that has eight bids for fifty-seven dollars. Says as is, not working. Does it say what's wrong with it? Says system makes a static sound when volume power knob is turned. Not able to get picture or sound. No controller included. So yeah, there's quite a few broken Vectrexes on eBay uh, this month. <laughs> quite a few, and a few that uh, are sort of working. Some of them have a broken controller. Some of them have. Uh, Various states of uh, disrepair. So if you're uh, into fixing Vectrexes, this is a good time to get on eBay and pick up some broken ones and start fixing them. Yes, or get some spare parts. Bringing them back to life. I wonder what happened to that Mr. Boston Clean Sweep. I wonder if I ever... Oh, oh, it actually finally sold. Did it? Sold, much? On, sold on May 23rd with 49 bids. It ended up selling for $2,876. Wow. Wow. That's expensive. <laughs> wow. That's about the normal going rate, though, for that cart. Mr. Boston Clean Sweep. That is, that is something else. This is Pole Position, the number one arcade hit from Atari and Nemco. You're behind the wheel of a Grand Prix racer with all the horsepower you can handle. Maybe even a little too much. Pole Position, Atari's most realistic video game ever, now in the arcades. And for the Atari 5200 Super System, it's just around the corner. Pole Position, from Atari. And now, Misfits, programmed by Chris Solomon. Thank <laughs> you. 
for an interview with Chris Binary Star. Hey Chris, welcome to Vectrix Radio. How's it going? Hi, pleased uh, to make your acquaintance, I guess, <laughs> uh, virtually or otherwise. Um, Sounds like you're yeah. uh, you uh, from Scotland? Is that where you're from? Yeah, that's correct. Um, I'm uh, yeah, based in Glasgow, Scotland. I don't know if you know where that is. It's kind of central Scotland. Mm-hmm. I've been living here about uh, 14 years or something. I'm not originally from the area myself. From up north, uh, Aberdeen, the sort of uh, oil capital of uh, right. Scotland or of Europe, I guess. Um, yeah, and I kind of work in the uh, in the oil industry, uh, but from home, uh, from Glasgow, rather than uh, living in Aberdeen. You know, uh, you guys are in the in the south of America, I guess. Uh, well, not South America. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm based uh, in Kansas right now, and Willie's in North Carolina. Yes, yeah, yeah. Both enjoying probably a lot better weather than we are right now, I'm sure. <laughs> well, it's miserable in Kansas. It's like 100 degrees. Oh, really? What? Right now, 110 degree heat index. So. Oh. But uh, I'm going to get into the topic of uh, your software company. When did you get started with making games for the Vectrix? Um, I think... Um, I think software companies <laughs> maybe stretching it a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, probably um, I just started tinkering. I would say probably around 2012 or so. Um, I've had a Vectrex for I think since about 2004. Sorry, I'm just going to close the window because the train just went by. <laughs> it's the Aberdeen Express. <laughs> Uh, that's better because that will happen every fifteen minutes or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, where was I? Um, yeah, sorry, I completely lost my thread there. Um, started tinkering in twenty twelve. Yeah, I started. I started tinkering around um, twenty twelve and probably about tw- two thousand four. I bought my first Vectrex. I didn't really have any um, sort of prior experience with Vectrex. Uh, it was really. Um, I think I, I, I've always worked on music since I was a, a kid, and uh, specifically more electronic music. And um, I've I've done a lot of chip tune stuff, you know, video game style music. Uh, and I was really um, interested in um, sort of computer visuals as well, and generating um, computerized visuals to go along with my sort of computery music, if you see what I mean. And I started obsessing over vectors and obsessing over Tron and things like that. <laughs> As you do, you know, being a child of the 80s or whatever, I think Tron has always been uh, something that I think left an indelible mark on me, you know? 
and uh, uh, I've always just gravitated towards that that style, that that slick sort of vector style, very clean, very. I don't know. There's something really attractive about it aesthetically, you know. And uh, I started uh, thinking, oh, I really, I'd really like to make some of these sort of vector graphics, these '80s style vector graphics myself, um, to use as sort of visual backdrops for um, live shows or whatever. And so, really, the reason <laughs> the reason I got involved with Vectrex was really to get one of these in order to sort of film some of that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I just fell in love with the system, absolutely, you know. I'm a big fan of arcade stuff, as I'm sure you both are as well, you know. In fact, I know you, you, know, you both are. Um, a big fan of um, everything from that era. And, yeah, so it just, it just immediately clicked with me, even though I, I didn't have a nostalgia for it because... I think uh, probably the earliest systems I played uh, as a child were, you know, probably Atari 2600 VCS, you know, typical kind of stuff. And I think Vectrex really passed me by. I don't think I ever saw one on display as a child uh, or anything to really have any kind of nostalgia associated with it. Um, You know, the only Vector games I think I maybe even played in the arcade was maybe Asteroids. So I didn't really have any great nostalgia, particularly for 80s arcade um, vector games, um, more so than just the, the aesthetic itself that had seen referenced or used so many times in other media. You know, um, Asteroids was probably the only game I, I played back in those times that was a true vector game. Because yeah. uh, by the time I think I was probably old enough for my parents to let me <laughs> go out to arcades myself, Vector Games had probably passed, passed mm. that time, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, one of the arcades I did visit with great regularity when I was, uh, was kind of old enough to, to go and do things by myself, they had, it was almost like a retro corner of the arcade. They had a, a Space Invaders machine and they had a, an Asteroid Deluxe, I think it was. Um, so that was probably the only, uh, only Vector game I played back in in the eighties. Anyway, you know, the minute you start to to, to program for an Vectrex, I think when I started uh, doing uh, sound stuff for it, anyway, I was immediately like, "Well, I need to throw up some vectors on the screen." Then I, <laughs> I had to, oh, okay, I've got to write a little um, art program so I can design characters or whatever to throw up on the Vectrex screen. The minute I did that, I, had, I just had to make a game. <laughs> I just had to make it good. It's just as simple as that. It's just I can't just stop here. <laughs> you know, we're we're a couple of steps away from having a game here. So uh, yeah, and I just got the bug after that. Really, um, I've always had an interest in games and whatnot. You know, so um, and um, and I'm you know I'm a, profession, a developer professionally as well. Although it's much more in the uh, boring, you know, much more boring <laughs> stuff, stuff. That I mean, games are fun. You know. Databases and stuff, so not so much. <laughs> right. So, what was the uh, first chip tune that you uh, made for the Vectrex? Oh, chew? Oh, I couldn't even um, say. It's not probably nothing that's been released or anything. I, I, I mean, to be honest, from getting um, involved musically with Vectrex, I, I quickly just jumped straight on to, to doing games and toying with that. Uh, I have a lot of hobbies, so <laughs> this, this is just one of them. Um, but um, yeah, I think uh, ooh, 
if, if you go back, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a, a sort of very early beta thing I did uh, many years ago called Nagoya Attack. I think that was maybe the first sort of free, free ROM I released. That's the Demon Attack. That. Demon Attack base game, right? Uh, well, Nagoya Attack is actually more um, uh, Space Invaders influenced um, game. It's sort of um, there's just a few invaders in screen. It is as if um, maybe you'd blown away ninety percent of <laughs> of the attack wave, and you're just left with a few odd invaders. Um, and they, if you know how the the leftmost invader or the rightmost invader, if they touch the edge of the screen, the whole uh, set of invaders move down. It's kind of the levels are organized in that manner, so they, they'll kind of, if you're not very precise with your shots, you'll be dead pretty quickly because uh, of the way that these levels are sort of uh, organized anyway. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a kind of, it's a sort of deconstructed Space Invaders where it's, it's almost like you it's a puzzle you have to solve, or right? It's a, you know, you have a, a limited amount of time and a limited amount of shots, and you've got to make those shots count, count before invaders get to the bottom type thing so it's kind of a, a yeah it's a little it's a bit of a deviation from space invaders but it's still the same sort of idea the same sort of gameplay you know very cool um, but yeah there's a there's a little really si simple little um, space invaders type along with that playing playing the whole time while you're playing the game you know that was probably one of the first things I, I knocked together on the tricks um from what I can remember, anyway, it was a, it was a few years ago. <laughs> My memory, but it used to. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, since then, I've just kind of uh, well, I don't really um, try and uh, you know just work on a game at a time. I'm generally working on many <laughs> projects at the same time, <laughs> all over the place when it comes to that. But it's just really uh, what whatever I'm feeling, you know. And if I wake up on a you know one week weekend when I haven't got anything to do, and I think, well, I'm, I really want to, I don't know, work on some light gun stuff, or, or I want to work on, uh, you know, this other project that's almost finished. You know, there's, there's quite a lot of these things where it's just you know there's some ninety percent done. And I'm like, okay, I, re I really better do that and finish that off. But um, yeah, there's uh, I've got a few um, projects that I'm finally about to release that have <laughs> actually been. You know, almost finished for years now. It's just that's the way uh, it, it goes because it's a hobby, and because I'm not really, I don't really feel any great um, ob obligation <laughs> to release stuff in in order in which I've worked on it. You know, it's just um, whatever it takes me, whatever I feel like working on. Because you know, sometimes I can kind of wind up uh, spending all my evenings and and uh, getting very little sleep done working on backtrack stuff and I can sometimes be burnt out and say, oh, I just, I'm not going to look at anything for a month. <laughs> you know, it's just the way it goes. That's hobbies for you, you know. Yeah. Um, you just do do what you feel is, is going to be interesting for you and it's going to be fun, you know. Um, so uh, what's, the progress, uh, what's the progress on the Death, Death Chase release? The Death Chase release is, uh, well, for all, all intents and purposes, it's been finished for quite a while. Um, currently, um, my uh, sort of partner in crime, Jim, uh, Jim Watt, or James G. Watt on Facebook, um, mm -hmm. uh, he uh, is currently, he's an incredibly multi-talented guy, by the way, and um, he's done a lot of the artwork for 
for um, both Death Chase and Knox. He designed both the uh, overlays, which I don't know if you guys have seen, but I think they're, they look stunning. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and also the box packaging and whatnot. So uh, all of that, uh, I think. Um, Really, I think there's only manuals to be printed now. Um, I'll have to double-check with Jim. I haven't seen him in a few weeks. But, um, yeah, currently I think um, it's it's very close to release, but I hate to say dates because I'm always... Hopefully in 2016, though, maybe. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay. Um, I should say by the you know end of summer, hopefully. Okay. You know, so uh, I'm ho- we're hoping uh, myself and Jim and um, a few others from the Vectrex uh, community here in the UK are appearing at a, a event called um, Revival Summer Solstice um, oh. this year, um, which is a, a retro event of which there's you know there's many in the UK, um, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm sure there's there's plenty with you guys as well, um, but. Um, yeah, so hopefully we're, we're, we'll be demoing that. I've been asked to demo my light gun projects and things at that event, so hopefully we'll be demoing quite quite a few um, games there. Certainly my um, Galaxy Wars uh, Space Launcher release, which should be out um, within the next, uh, I would say, two weeks. Um, that should definitely be out. Um, I mean, I've... I'm pretty much there with everything on that. I, there's just a, a, a little um, instruction sheet that I need to print, uh, get printed first. But otherwise, that game is ready to ready to release. And like I say, um, Knox Death Chase is definitely the next um, release following that. Excuse me. Lily, you need to jump in here and. Uh... I think you got some questions about the light phaser, don't you? Um, no, not really. I'm I pretty much got one of mine built already. <laughs> Oh yeah, finish it. Yeah, pretty much. I just got to uh, just put the little housings together and stuff, and I'm ready to go. Okay, so yeah, uh, the little adapter for the, yes. the Sega Light Laser, yes, yes, excellent, excellent. Yeah, yeah it works really well. I, I was really um, <laughs> amazed. Uh, I, I oh. think um, a few people had attempted um, to do that or have had done that before, but I don't think yeah. anyone had really um, wrote any software to. To, to work specifically with a yeah. light gun before. I mean, I, I'd always thought, uh, surely this is possible. The only difference between a, a light pen and a light gun is is a lens, really, and the distance you hold it from the screen. Yep. So I thought, well, uh, surely, uh, you know, if a, if a light pen works, then a light gun must work on a Vectrex, you know. And so uh, it was... If you guys saw that video of me sort of holding up the gun in front of the screen for animation, yes, that was yeah. that was literally me testing it at that moment. You know, <laughs> that was the first time. I just handed my phone to my my fiance and said, "Will you video this, please?" Yeah. And, and um, yeah, I, it was amazing. Uh, I, I was gobsmacked by by just how. How well the thing tracked using the anime uh, action program. In the minute I um, started to to uh, adapt code, which in fact um, there's there's a disassembly of uh, anime action on, online, and it, it was there that I, I looked for the code to kind of figure out how to do it myself. You know, 
So yeah, thanks to Animaction, <laughs> we have um, we have some Lightgun games now, or we'll very shortly have some uh, Lightgun games. Um, I plan, plan to release the the four um, games I've sort of announced on on a single cartridge, um, and um, hopefully I'll be sent selling. I don't know if with every copy, but I'll certainly make a run. Um, of the adapters as well to go on sort of a deluxe pack um, with the adapter and possibly even a light gun um, with the game uh, because I know not everybody's going to have the, the skills even though uh, an adapter is pretty pretty easy as, as long as you've got rudimentary soldering skills mm-hmm. and the instructions are up on my website if anybody wants to uh, make a Sega a light phaser to Factrex adapter, the, the instructions are up there on the website uh, for you to follow. It's very, very simple. If you if you can use a solder and iron, you can make one of these. It's, it's really, there's really nothing to it. All I d- did there was uh, think of uh, a few light guns, especially ni- uh, ones with nine pin connect- connectors, because I knew, well, that would be a cinch to hook up to the Vectrex if we could just remap the pins. And that's precisely what I did. I kind of looked at a few, um, and Sega, the Sega Light Phasers seem to be about the cheapest, uh, most plentiful online, where um, people could just pick them up and uh, make an adapter. And it, you know, it, it won't cost you a heck of a lot of money uh, to do so. Uh, as, I mean, ten pounds, I think, is on eBay is a typical sort of range. So I guess maybe uh, fifteen dollars or so. Uh, well, in fact, with the spiraling value of the pound, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might be free uh, eventually. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. Oh, let's let's not even go there. Right <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So the um, yeah, I was, I was really really happy to to see that worked and and to see it was a possibility for for games. And I know. Uh, speaking to a couple of other developers, I know there's there there will certainly be more um, light gun compatible games coming for the Vectrex in the future. Um, I know without one, you know, given the way I know of a, another couple of developers who certainly want to develop games. Um, Bring on the that. flood of light guns! <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> most definitely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, great stuff. Um, but my own light game gun games, hopefully, um, the, you know, schedule wise, I, I plan to release that uh, right after um, Death Chasing Knox. So you know, that's that's the schedule for me currently at the moment. Anyways, Galaxy War Space Launcher first, then uh, Death Chase Knox, then the light gun stuff. Um, it's easiest to do do them one at a time, just because. Uh, yeah, it, it, you know, you just gotta fit this stuff stuff in when you can, and. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was, you know, making constant trips to the post office is just not something I'm interested in. So, yeah. <laughs> Get all the uh, cart, uh, carts ready uh, to start putting everything together? Or? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd like to give a big uh, shout out and thank you <laughs> to Sean Kelly uh, in, over there in the States um, for supplying the cartridges. In fact, you know, all of us should be thanking Sean because he's he's the guy who really made it happen for the Vectrex com- community. Uh, he's the only guy with the mold. <laughs> yeah. So he's the only person who can cre- create new Vectrex card shells. So, yeah, thank, huge, 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 as always, thanks to Sean. 
uh, for allowing us to use his mould and to, to get these cartridges because otherwise it would be very difficult to create something you know close to I mean it's, it's very easy to put a chip on a PCB but having it you know in that mould that fits the Vectrex so well you know I don't know if you find with, with other um, you know if you just got a bare PCB with a chip or whatever it's it's kind of a little more fiddly to insert in the side of the Vectrex. There's just those guides on the cartridge that makes it. It just feels right. Yeah, and I think it, it's it's uh, very important that we have those. And I'm I'm very very thankful that Sean allows us to use his mold. So all yeah, all of my carts are, are used are uh, manufactured via Sean. You know, uh, they're all we buy them through Sean. Um, in fact, so does the whole Vectrex community, as far as I know. Unless you're <laughs> unless you're hand molding them <laughs> yourself. Which, yeah. yeah, I have no interest in doing such a thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I prefer the development part of it much more than the whole. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too handy, handy, you know, and my my hands shake and stuff. I'm not, I'm not the greatest at soldering or any any kind of stuff where it uh, takes a steady hand. So um, all that stuff is uh, really best left to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, uh, what's uh, what's been the biggest challenge for you uh, for making games with the Vectrix? Um, I think probably with, with any Vectrix developer will tell you um, you kind of you kind of almost uh, you're always fighting against the the, the drawing. The drawing is always always the um, thing that takes the time. Uh, the more lines you draw on screen, or the more objects you you have on screen. Yeah, the tougher it is to, to kind of fit everything in per frame. If you understand that, um, mm-hmm. you know it, it, you get you know you, you get slowed down. If you if you you wind up drawing too much, everything slows down. Your refresh rate uh, drops, and the net effect is the the Vectrex screen will flicker because that refresh rate is now lower, and so it it's sort of your eye can catch it, whereas. Normally, you know, even though that um, cathode ray is always scanning the screen, it, it's so quick that your eye barely catches it. But the minute, you, minute it starts to slow down, your eye can catch it, and that's when, you know, you, this visible flicker occurs. And that's what, that's really the only thing I would say is, a, a, it's not really a limitation. Is it? You, you can get around it um, by, you know, some uh, programming tricks, just getting rid of you know, some optimization basically um you can get there so i, I think um galaxy wars has probably been uh, my most challenging game in that respect that was the first game i really started to look into optimizing my graphics routine routines uh and um yeah i'd like to give some thanks to to um thomas Son, uh, Sontowski. I hope, I hope i pronounced his name correctly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gave me a little help on that. Um, uh, he's the developer of a game. I don't know if you may have seen the video. I think you may have now. Um, it's called Robot Arena. It should be out very soon. I think in the next month or so. Okay. Uh, and it's a, it's a twin stick Robotron style shooter. Oh, right. oh, as a phenomenal. Yes. Yeah, awesome. it's, yeah, it's great. It's great. It's really great. <laughs> Trust me. I think this is going to yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the Thomas's game is really going to be uh, one of the most um, popular in the, on the Vectrex scene for a while, I think. <laughs> and it's a really excellent game and has, uh, again, it has a phenomenal amount of sprites or 
I say sprites, but you know, models or whatever you want to call them, vector objects on screen. It's really pushing the system, oh. and uh, it plays really well as well. It's a, it's a great little original game as well. It's not a straight Robotron clone. It's not a Geometry Wars clone. It's his own thing. I really uh, appreciate it. Yeah, it's a great game. And I know Thomas has got some more things up his sleeve, so he ain't done yet either. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're going to be going to a retro uh, summer solstice. So what are you going to show off there? Yes. Uh, well, I was asked to to appear after I kind of demoed the um the the light gun stuff. Um, Craig, um, oh, I forget his last name. <laughs> sorry, but um, sorry, Craig. But Craig, who who runs um, the uh, Revival or Retro Revival um, asked me to, to appear. I think they have, they're have they going to have about as many as, uh, I think you said four or five uh, Vectrex machines uh, playable at the event. So um, awesome. I know there's there's a number of um, developers. Myself and Jim are going down to, to demo uh, all of our new um, releases as well as um, Chris Parsons, uh, also known as CMP, if you frequent any Vectrex forums, he um, is the developer of Big Blue, uh, which is a, a sort of, um, it's very interesting, very different uh, diving game, where you're like, you play a little scuba, scuba diver and you have to um, avoid various um, fish and, you know, jellyfish and sharks and whatnot and uh, collect treasure and move around from island to island, etc. Really interesting, very, very different game. For, for the Vectrex, yeah. Uh, he's also going to be do- uh, uh, demoing his game. Uh, I think he, it may even be for sale at that point. I know uh, he's actually um, came in with us on the, the printing of the boxes and whatnot for uh, Death Jason Knox. I know the big blue boxes have gone through basically on the same run. So uh, hopefully his game should be available around the same time as ours. And also um, Jim Bagley, who uh, is a very well-known Programmer, games programmer, has been around for uh, decades now. In fact, I remember from from my childhood, <laughs> he, he programmed um, quite a few excellent arcade ports. And in fact, um, just uh, joined the Guinness Book, uh, World Book of Records uh, for uh, programming a version of Dragon's Lair for the uh, Sinclair ZX81. I'm not sure if you you guys are aware of that machine at all. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that. That itself is an incredible feat of programming. And yes, he's developed BombJack for the uh, Vectrex. I'm not sure that it's uh, complete yet, but he's, it's certainly in progress. And I believe he'll be um, demoing that also at the Revival event. So going to be lots of Vectrex represented there. Yeah, absolutely. So a um, very exciting event for him. It's into Vectrex and it's around uh, the, I think, Walsall area. In uh, the UK. Hey, Willie, you got any questions? Yeah, uh, over the past couple years, you've been putting out these really cool little Christmas carts that I've really enjoyed, especially like the one that's like Kaboom, where you're catching the presents with your stocking, and the one with the Christmas tree in the middle of the screen, it plays like asteroids. Yeah, in fact, uh, yeah, the one with the the, the Christmas. Uh, yeah, the, that was the yeah the second year. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry, I get confused because I kind of reused Christmas trees both years. <laughs> space Tree X. Yeah, Space Tree. I, I, I quite like that game myself, actually. Oh, it's yeah. awesome! It's not. Over, 
<laughs> thank you, thank you. It's not often I play my games much further than after, <laughs> after I write them because you know by the time I'm I'm done with them, I'm done with them. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. <laughs> kind of uh, I need a break. But um, yeah, I, I do. I have to say, I do enjoy that game myself. It's not that uh, the Vectrex doesn't have enough. Asteroids clones <laughs> to make one more, but you know, uh, I, I'm quite proud of that game. I think it's it's quite fun. What, what yeah. motivated you to uh, make the Christmas cards? Um, I don't know. I, I think just the inclination. I just I just uh, had the idea one day. In fact, it was. Uh, I've got a funny feeling it was like the right at the end of November, or maybe even the the first of December type thing one year uh, the, in fact in 2014 I thought oh, you know what nobody's done a Christmas card yet I'm going to do one <laughs> and I did one <laughs> I, I didn't sleep for about four days yeah which is why that one is very um, uh, the, the 2014 one is very you know simple it's just a like a simple kaboom, kaboom clone and uh yeah, the the other game I forget what I called it now. Even save the trees. Yeah, save the one. trees. Yes. Yeah, well, you definitely yeah, stepped it up good. on the next year because you know Parcel Panic, grabbing stuff off the conveyors. That's a really good game. That's a lot of fun. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I have to say uh, that's probably one of my my favorite things I've done so far uh, for the Vectrex actually um, because it, first of all it was a, it, it was kind of an original idea rather than uh, me just, you know, doing a remake of something. Even though I, d- I don't try to do the, um, you know, just just uh, try and make something arcade perfect or whatever, you know. I'd rather have uh, uh, made some sort of creative, you know, change to it, if I can, you know. Like the, the likes of um, Death uh, death Race or Death Chase, I've, I've, you know, slightly changed the gameplay because I feel that, the you know, it, it's very simple, you know, so it, it needs something a little bit more just to kind of make it interesting. And um, I'm not really one of these types of people who, who are going to make a uh, perfect arcade port unless I feel like the game is perfect already and doesn't need any any changing. I'm not afraid to, to kind of make some oh, yeah. modifications to that. And um, in fact, the um, Parcel Planet game, I was sort of originally inspired by... Um, Carnival, I'm sure you know Carnival yes. by Sig. Yeah, so I'd sort of been thinking about this. You know, I was thinking, what can I do for a, a kind of um, a Christmas themed game this year? And I almost feel like, even after two years, I've almost sort of boxed myself in. You know, there's so many, there's only so many things you can relate to Christmas and <laughs> things or things that are going to be instantly recognisable or even easy to draw. On a Vectrex, <laughs> you see what I mean? <laughs> you know, even even bombs can be <laughs> can be a bit of anything. Anything with any kind of curves is immediately going to up the amount of lines you have to draw and all that. So, but I think uh, are luckily shaped like a box. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, see, so you, well, so you can make a game uh, for 2016, having Santa find his sleigh over a. Uh, a cityscape dropping presents into chimneys. 
No, you know, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, Chris Parsons the other year, I think it was 2014, he, he did one. I oh. don't know if he ever finished, finished the game, but he certainly did a game exactly like that. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And I know my friend Jim has a, a Christmas themed game on the on the boil. It was all, he tried to release it last year, but he just didn't have the time to finish it off. So I know there is there's a game coming, and it features reindeer. Awesome. <laughs> well, here you go. You, know, you, can, you can do the new a new light gun game for a Christmas game. Call it call it Santa Slay with S L A Y. <laughs> He's had it with the elves. Yeah, no, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why I decided to make Christmas games. I just had the inclination one day. <laughs> Is the answer to that question? Well, they're yeah. cool. And um, I, I figured it was, it's something that I'd, I, I wasn't really aware of until I did mine. But I realized that there's you know there's people on the NES and other other systems doing Christmas themed uh, carts as well. Yeah, some of those are really cool. Actually, it's kind of funny. I, I did one. Was it? Uh, I think it's both years. The first one I, I did a sort of limited edition where you could plug in a, a sort of USB slot into the cartridge and have a, uh, a little Christmas tree that you could sit atop your bag tracks. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I think I made about ten of them on the the first thing. It was just a silly idea I had. You know, I, I spotted those Christmas trees and thought, oh well, I can get f- five volts out of it. Um, the Vectrex cartridge port, so why not? <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> and then the following year, I think I, I put a little um, compute, uh, game-controlled LED um, pardon me, hanging out the side of the, the uh, cartridge itself, which illuminated a little uh, Christmas tree <laughs> actually glued to the cartridge itself. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't know if you guys saw that, but it was, it was pretty cool. You know, it was, It's actually controlled by a game event, so if you're oh, like, uh, if you're playing Space Tree X, uh, and you you just died, and your your ship was flashing, the 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 cart and outside the cart, the the little um space the little um Christmas Christmas trees would be flashing. Sorry. Awesome. <clears throat> so yeah, there's something that was something a little di- bit different. I try to do something a little bit different to everybody else. I don't really, you know. It's like things like that. It may be a little bit gimmicky and whatever, but I'm just trying to, you know, try to do <laughs> try to do something different. You know, it's uh, yeah. It, it just any silly idea is is okay by me as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> if, if, if I can do it, you know, why not? You know, and, and that's exactly where the light gun com- stuff came from as well. It's just uh, well, it seems like it should be possible. You know, why hasn't someone done it yet? Oh, yeah, really. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Very awesome. Uh, you got any more questions, Willie? No, I'm pretty good. All right, cool. Well, we just want to thank you, Chris, for uh, all the work you have been doing in the Vectrex community and awesome games. We can't wait for them all to come out very soon. I'm particularly yeah, excited about uh, Death Chase. Oh, yes. I've already been yes, harassing Chris uh, about that. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. Did you have a question? Or? No, I said I've already been harassing you about Death Chase. Oh, you've already harassing me? <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> oh, don't know. No. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, I think with that game, it's it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a saga. Um, the, uh, unfortunately, it, it was the, um, the overlays themselves took a heck of a lot of time for us oh, to yeah. find someone who could, could do it and um, to get it done. 
Um, I think they were kind of really doing it in their spare time, so it, it took a lot longer than we really expected. We really expected that game to be out probably two years ago, um, <laughs> rather than right now. But you know, that's it's, that's the way things go. The way it goes in the you know yeah. homebrew community. So yes, exactly. It's you know it. It's, uh, we're not trying to get things done to a deadline. We're not really doing these things for money, really. It's purely out of love um, for the Vectrex itself and just to, to try and give it something new, something yeah, new for people to play, I think. Um, Thank you so much for uh, for all the awesome stuff you're working on and you've already made. So. I, no, it's not a problem. I'll, you know, <laughs> these things drive me. I, I'll always do it, you know. Um, hopefully, I'll always be creating for a Vectrex till I die. So, you awesome. know, ho- hopefully, awesome. <laughs> unless I get involved with something else. But I, Vectrex is such an alluring console. I don't really see why I would want to develop for any other. Yeah, to be really. honest. Uh, anyway, thank you very much uh, for the opportunity to to talk on your show. Uh, it's been uh, really lovely talking to you both. Yeah, same here. Yeah, same Thanks here. so much, and uh, nice talking with you, Chris. You too. Thanks. Good luck in the future. You too, guys. All right. Thanks for listening to Vectrex Radio. Vecx on your dial. You bet your asteroids.